1: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: There's no place to escape to. This is the last. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started.
1: series that we're beginning. That we're beginning a series today that it, it has a lot of serious points. Yeah. With, you know, and that we're we're, you know, some sensitive material. Yeah. We're going to. One thing I do want to say up top before we get into all of it is that well, yes, all of the practices of these various industries that they have done, they're all wrong. Yeah. Wrong. See, I'm saying it. <laughs> they're all completely incorrect. Incorrect. But wouldn't it kind of be nice a little bit If men just came to fix us, right, wouldn't it be kind of like just the the feeling of like, wouldn't it be kind of like just to have the lack of control a little bit like the men come with the white coats? Uh I've talked about this with Natalie, and Natalie has Mm -hmm. expressed permission that if I do, when I do, finally... Straight
3: to camera advice on Instagram. Yeah.
1: I, I, right, <laughs> as soon as I go completely nuts, you call the brute squad. Yeah. To pick, scoop me up. Yeah. Put me. I want old fashioned straight jacket. Sure. Mm-hmm. I want to know this is the end of the line for my insanity what hmm.
3: happened to henry well he started liking jim brewer's newer stuff <laughs> <laughs> welcome to last podcast on the left everyone ben hanging out with henry and marcus what's worse than walking on broken glass walking on eggshells and that's what we're going to be doing in this episode <laughs> can't wait to get into the really upbeat way to kick off 2023 boys the troubled teen industry yeah. part one focusing on the Alon School.
1: We are very interested in this topic. This is very similar to the West Memphis Three, that this is a subject that legitimately makes Marcus and I furious. Oh, yeah. I love it. He, Kissel's <laughs> always been a fan. Always, Because yeah. he said stuff about how, like, the troubled teen community, those are my constituents. Technically, <laughs> yes, it's all of us. It is all of us. But uh, th- the, this, this series actually means a lot to us. I think it is cool to start 2023 off yeah. with a little bit of a, lessons learned sure,
4: okay. sure. Let's why get not into it. now we've used a ton of sources for this series so we're going to wait until the end of the entire fucking thing to name them all okay but for this episode in particular the main source is help at any cost by maya zelovitz which is highly recommended for anyone who wants an ocean deep dive into the sadistic industry we're going to be talking about today
3: zelovitz
4: if you really
1: <laughs> want to get into it but again remember just think about this. It's scary when it happens to a kid, but just the idea of just like, all right, you mm-hmm. all right, you give me my authority. <laughs> Sounds right. kind of nice.
3: Is this our version of scared straight? Is that what we're doing here?
4: Uh, it is definitely a scared straight type. It's scared straight times 100. Scared straight on steroids. Okay. This is Yeah, scared straight looks at this and is afraid. I, right.
1: I, I also think that scared straight a lot of times deal with kids that are already sort of like facing crimes. Like, like they're in mm-hmm. like sort of in the con- criminal justice world where we'll, we'll find out about the trouble. Teen industry is that anybody can go. Yes, yeah,
3: also scared straight. I've seen the kids today. It didn't work.
4: What? It's that's a. I think it's a. a they're saying about how they're homosexual. The, the they're a little more
1: gender fluid than I remember. Wow, this is great. This is a good way to start. This is gonna. Man, we're gonna get lauded for this series. <laughs>
4: Now, the standards and practices surrounding the troubled teen industry are some of the most shameful and bizarre in American business, and they're all perfectly legal. It's business, baby! Oh, wow. The programs that purport to fix these so-called troubled teens are still going full force to this day, although some of the more notorious schools have thankfully folded in recent history. They're mm.
1: learning from the Mormons, and you move to the center, mm. and that's how yeah. you get yourself not shut down anymore, is that you do, is we're like, all right, less groups. space. Yankings, more group yankings. That's how you oh. know you've become a church.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow. Basically, the troubled teen industry, which includes everything from boot camps to wilderness programs to, quote, alternative boarding schools, hmm. it capitalizes on parents who are both terrified of their children and too lazy or unimaginative to do anything about it themselves. Great.
1: We're, we are going to be very mad this episode specifically. Okay. You know I
4: and mean? parents in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we yes. tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Well, some kids are truly
1: scary, though. Well, that's what we'll kind of talk about. It's like okay. why we're against the death penalty, right? We're yeah. against the death penalty because... Every once in a while, an innocent person works its way through that system and gets murdered by the state. This is all about the fact that, yes, sure, there are actual, quote unquote, troubled teens Mm -hmm. that do need a higher level of help. But a lot of these kids just were there because their parents had the money to put them there.
4: Gotcha. Well, these fears were damn near created by the media and government anti-drug hyperbole, which reached its height in the 80s with all of Nancy Reagan's Just Say No Bullshit going off those highly successful anti-drug campaigns and the talk shows that prop them up, parents came to think that a single joint could turn their teen into a junkie capable of slaughtering the entire family for just one more hit. It's kind of cool.
3: It's not what weed does whatsoever. No. It can barely get through Callisto protocol to <laughs> get to stone. stoned. Uh, Nancy Reagan, also known for sucking mad dog get when it. she was younger. <laughs> she
1: sucked that president dumb.
3: Yes, she did. <laughs> she, you're blaming Nancy for his Alzheimer's. Yeah. She sucked all the smart brain cells out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And the overblown nature of this hysteria naturally provoked overreaction from weak-minded parents.
1: Well, I know my parents definitely always assumed, because my sister was on drugs. I was not. But my sister was good at school. I was not. Right. Because I wasn't good at school and I liked to make movies on the side, they all assumed I was on drugs. So my mom would scour my room again and again and again, only to find condoms. (laughs) because somebody be oh fuck you (laughs) right
3: well you know if the condom packs are always full then someone isn't uh they were there and
1: then uh but then jackie's room went unscathed and was full of fucking h and smack and skank and zip
3: yeah i can't imagine the horror that is searching your
4: teenage child's room
3: that's why i'm they're gonna get away with anything they want in there yeah you see i'm
1: not going in there you need a bigger roomba
4: Yeah. yeah No, my parents used to find these little charred bits of pornography in my room because one day I had this very large pornography collection. Sure. And then one you day... You got it from the pedophile down the street, didn't you? It wasn't a pedophile. No, it was a, a child <sighs> whose dad had abandoned the family uh, and he had left a uh, That's a child cooler. pedophile. Literally, it's a
1: <laughs> child's version of a no, pedophile.
4: No, his father had left a cooler full of pornography behind and we had divided it amongst us. Cool. Uh, but then when I got, every yeah. once in a while, I get like that sort of like Christian zap into my brain. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to hell for masturbating. Right. So I I decided to burn my pornography collection. Wow. I but as soon yeah. as I lit the match and I saw my pornography burning. My dick. No. <laughs> I immediately dumped over the trash can and stamped it all out <laughs> to save my pornography. Wow. But then every time I took out, say, a copy of Club Confidential or a penthouse or it Smelled skin, like a fucking campfire. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like a campfire. And the little pieces of charred pornography wow. would fall off. Uh, and scatter my bedroom. Is Imagine, this, if Is he, this
1: why you like hiking? Is it because his campfire is getting you hard?
3: Really hard. Imagine if Heath Ledger's Joker would have done that. When did it have sent a bad message that indeed he was greedy? Also, I do like that your friend's dad was like, you're going to want to keep the cherry colds. <laughs> Put it in a
4: cooler. Yeah. Well, he actually had so much pornography that it overflowed out of the cooler into a secondary trash bag. Big Great. black garbage God, bag. That's
1: the only way to keep it. That's the only <laughs> way to keep it. Just a big hefty bag full of butt oh, and an ass magazine. Yeah, if he
4: got it sent in
3: for uh, for crediting like they do comic books, it would have been a 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah,
4: <laughs> you got to put some backboards in some of this. That's good. Now, these parents are sold a bill of goods by the trouble teen industry. The troubled teen industry, they say that the only thing that'll fix your child, or in some cases stop them from going bad in the first place, is sustained brutality and cruelty, although these practices are sanitized under the term tough love. Tough love is a, is an actual business term to them, like it's an official term yeah. that they Jeez. use. And it,
1: and it is interesting, maybe we'll find more as we go, I, I, not in this episode, but later on, I'm, I'm doing some research into it, it's kind of interesting to see how many of these tactics that are used to break down the human personality is the same shit that they did in MK Ultra. Mm. It's the same shit that they've done across the world, it seems, of Forever. Like how to turn somebody
3: into a ghost. It's the same thing Bobby Knight did when he was the head coach of Indiana University. Yeah. Basically.
1: He did group spankings? He was
4: horrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. He was bad. Yeah, he was the basketball coach at Texas Tech when I was there.
1: He was very bad. I think there's a lot of college basketball players all spanking each other. I think there's a lot of that on the internet. Well, that's fun.
4: Yeah. There's also a lot of college basketball shit going down right now. Yeah. 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 Bobby Knight got fired for getting into a fight with the athletic director at a salad bar at the grocery store. I'd pay money to see it. I would. (laughs) Yeah. Well, basically, the parents are told that the fault in their child is not in their own parenting, but rather in the children themselves, who are all out of control monsters, ready to destroy society the moment you turn your backs on them.
1: All you got to do is keep these kids fed, Mm -hmm. give them their cherry colas, give them their screen time. You think the kids are really into cherry cola these days? That's all they do. I know what kids like. They like their cherry cola. They like their, you got to let the kids vape.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You want to let the kids vape? Let, let the, the kids, kids vape. <laughs> that's,
1: that's what the whole series to me is about. <laughs> we'll
3: rename
4: it.
1: It's stressful to be a child. They know that there's they, they're going nowhere.
4: To be honest, it is. And even outside of that, kids with ADHD, learning disabilities, mental health issues, and various other neurodivergent conditions like autism, they're also sent to these schools. They tried to send me, but I didn't fit. Is that like physically or just or the mental
1: uh, breakdown? Physically, mentally, did I they was, really try to send you to a big rehearsal?
3: Oh, man. Scale? I was. This is what they ADHD. were kind of. Yeah, we
4: were, I, we were wondering. It's like, I was it's,
3: diagnosed when I was like 10. I remember I went to a therapist when I was 11, but then she started crying and I had to go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I
1: make my therapist cry several times. Yeah.
3: And then I feel like you should pay me. You just tell them the hard truth about life. Yeah. But I still do that to this day. It was great. I got mad at a casino dude in London.
4: Oh, I remember. It made wow. him cry. <laughs> well. At these schools, sadistic staffers attempt to quite literally beat, scream, and torture mm. disorders away. But by allowing the use of these so-called tough love techniques, parents are guaranteed that their formerly rebellious and bothersome teenagers will, by the end of the program, turn into happily obedient and respectful members of yeah. society.
1: And obedience is the key here, because it's not really about Changing the behavior for somebody from bad to good. I feel like those words, I mean, like they use that they use that in the explanation and the pitch for these schools. And it's and also
3: very flipping. abstract, right? Because if you were a Hitler youth, being good would be doing something horrible.
1: Exactly yeah. right. We're, so there is that. But obedient is the key, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. It's about you are not fitting into our current model of society we want to strip you of everything that's inside of you. They may want to distribute onto automaton so that right. you could go back to being a worker. A, a, drone. a buyer,
3: Yes. Yeah. I remember sitting in class. There was some medication they experimented on me with, and you just sit there and you're like going crazy in your head, like a really fast Pong game, mm-hmm. and you're horribly anxious, but you just sit there. And so the teachers would be like, I think he's doing great. It was uh, horrible. It's a real.
1: It's a torture. Christ. Yes. My mom just tied me to the, the, the carriage. She that just, was just tied to the me to best. herself. Yeah.
4: That was for the best. I actually empathize with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this guarantee of success is given credence by the self-published success rates that the institutions themselves release, mm. which is almost never below 90%. Whoa.
3: See here, Jeremy, you got a dirty boot? Jeremy will lick that right up
4: for you. We made <laughs> a perfect <laughs> we'll <laughs> In addition, these schools usually have the sign-off of various medical professionals, politicians, and judges mm. who all swear that these programs do indeed work. The problem, though, is that there's never been any sort of reliable study done on the effectiveness of these programs. But what we do know is that many of these teens come out of the experience highly traumatized, developmentally stunted mm. and suicidal. I
1: think that there it is very telling that when you look up this information on this subject, a lot of what comes out of it, it's like it's always like WASP survivor. Yeah. Straight ink survivor. And there's mm. a lot. Of it. Like, it's it's weird how, like, you see more like, obviously, I remember the, the way I kind of compare it is to what the Oteros did after the crimes of mm-hmm. BTK, where, yeah. like, they've talked about it, but that's kind of one family. It talks a lot about, like, what that one serial killer did to them, where, like, these people mm-hmm. are walking around with wh- whatever the fuck it is that happened to them in these schools. It just destroys people's personalities. And it mm-hmm. seems the only way to get through it, which is what they want you to do it, is you got to join up. You have to allow it in and become one of your masters
4: yeah. in order for you to
1: escape it.
4: Mm-hmm. Likewise, any stories of mistreatment or abuse, those sorts of survivor stories that you're talking about, those are dismissed as lies. The rantings of a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. In fact, very few. Apples can't talk. Joke <laughs> on that. Boom. In fact, very few of those complaints have led to any sort of investigation, and very few of those investigations have ever resulted in even an indictment, much less mm. a conviction. Now, as far as those various medical professionals who endorse these programs go, it's usually the case that they're either connected to the institution in some way financially What?
2: <laughs> no. Market Money is
4: money is a thing? Or they're simply on the take. It's like doctors recommending OxyContin because Purdue Pharma gave them a free week weekend at Pebble mm-hmm. Beach. It's but don't the exact you see, same thing. Marcus, or a judge getting a kickback from a juvie system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But you guys are both talking like a couple of Ruskies. couple Rusky? of pinko <laughs> motherfuckers, right? Because when it comes down to, isn't the exchange of money, doesn't that make it good? Uh, it could. See, because they made money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good because <laughs> they all profited off the industry.
3: Much like the original Batman 1960-something movie where he zaps everyone into a puddle of dust. Money is speech, so we should just replace be replaced with stacks of bills, record it for
4: two hours. That's the episode. Do you that's just
1: it. look at us as several bags of, of money. quarters. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and that's your show. Perfect. That's your show
4: educational consultants meanwhile are openly paid for recommendations, online endorsements and enrollments. It's mm. pretty much a, it's a referral commission. Right. And almost invariably the politicians who support these programs usually count the owners of the institutions some of the highest of their donors. Real just,
1: angel donators.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just see the politicians going in there looking at the new crop of potential kids to molest. Oh, and... they can't wait, Ugh, dude. You're making God. perfect
1: little silent members of my abuse clinic. I
3: was just reading about Dennis Haster, the 2010 Speaker of the Ooh, House. Yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He the... still owes his uh, victim some cash. wrestling. was wrestling. Wasn't that his yeah, thing? that was yeah. wrestling. He yeah. took it to, to another level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we don't need... I feel like wrestling
4: needs to have an age
1: parameter. <laughs> Same age, the rest, is, the rest is the same age. Sure, yeah. I could see that. 12-12, yeah.
4: yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. 12, 12 36 yeah, yeah, it's bad. Not, Unless yeah, you're yeah. properly
3: coaching, but yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. We don't really know we need to put him in a scissor lock. <laughs> I mean, in the head. <laughs>
4: Well, for example, when we're talking about political donations, the co-founders of the infamous anti-drug program, Straight Inc., Ooh. a favorite of Nancy Reagan, oh, yeah, and yeah. one of the worst when it came to psychological abuse, they were powerful members of the Republican Party. They donated $125,000 to George H.W. Bush's 1988 presidential campaign, and one of mm. them got an ambassadorship.
1: <gasps> wow. Yeah, yeah dude. You awesome? got to go all the way to Denmark on our dime. But it's also cool to be ambassador because then you can't legally commit crimes. Exactly. <laughs> it's- awesome
4: yeah But <laughs> speaking of government if we go just a little further back into american history we can see that the sort of punishment based schools that make up the trouble teen industry they have a long tradition in this country although they were started not to correct behavior but to annihilate culture. While much of the attack therapy techniques we'll be discussing later came from more modern sources, the physical and sexual abuse components used in the troubled teen industry have many of the same hallmarks as the American Indian boarding schools of yore.
1: Yes, and we did, and Canada had them as well. It's these places where they go, and it is, they decide that we're going to destroy your entire culture via destroying the children of your culture.
4: For hundreds of years, the American government used these boarding schools to stamp out any vestiges of Native identity in the pursuit of assimilating the indigenous American population into white American society, while paradoxically keeping them on the reservations away from white American society. And what they did, they would look at nature, they would look at a beautiful tree,
3: and the Native American would say, what a beautiful tree, giving of life. And they say, no, boo the tree.
1: Boo! <laughs> boo. <laughs> <laughs> we do not like nature, boo yeah, you look at that tree and be like... Fuck you, tree. You're not a cabinet yet. (laughs)
4: Fuck you, tree. What are you good for, tree? At these boarding schools, indigenous children were forcibly removed from their families and put into institutions that were almost always run by, guess who? A wonderful loving mother. The Mm. Catholic Church.
3: Yeah, they did it.
4: Good Uh for them. these children had their hair cut short. They weren't allowed to speak their own languages under threat of severe physical abuse, and even their names were taken away and completely changed to something more Anglo. Yeah, they do
1: it from outside in. I also, I kind of had a weird epiphany about Catholics the other day, and I realized that the tension within the Catholic Church really has to be quite a bit. It's like every week you go, you see this super hot guy. Yes. Like, <laughs> always up in front hot. of you, right? Like, always. In Paris, when we went to the Catholic, no geez, you what you talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, looked up up at Lane, like, Jesus is fucking, and in Paris, I kind of, it moved. Like, my dick moved. Your dick like moved. Because he's powerful, he, he's loving. Because sure. in Paris, they made him kind of like, androgynous too. Yeah. He looked like, Prince, right? Like, he was like, <laughs> it's crazy. You see this sexy guy with his brown nipples and his yeah. smoking, and he's got that cool scar on his side He's shit. got the V. Like D'Angelo. And, and yeah. you're like, look, but don't touch. Taste, but don't swallow. <laughs> Devil's advocate. And he's like got that. you jumping from one foot to the next. And you right. think, and he's up there laughing his sick motherfucking ass off. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, this has nothing to do with the topic. You actually derailed the entire thing to talk about your sexual attraction to the French Jesus. Yeah, I'm and, just you, and
4: you posited it as like, I figured out something about the Catholics. I, I I am one. <laughs> it's in
1: me. Well,
4: as far as these boarding schools went, unclean and overpopulated living conditions contributed to widespread and potentially fatal disease. Mm. Children were underfed, bounties were offered for students who tried to run away, and many of them died by suicide at the school. Ugh. To add insult to injury, the school would often force students to lay their deceased friends in a coffin and bury the body themselves in the school cemetery. Oh, my God. That's not a good school. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 what no. No, no, no school should have a
1: fucking cemetery. Unless Wednesday Ballfield. unless Wednesday Adams goes to your school, oh my you should God. not have a place where everyone normally buries the children. Like, <laughs> no. yeah, it's not good. Jeez. You're right. (laughs)
4: To that point, the Department of the Interior knows of 53 marked and unmarked burial sites that are home to more than 500 children and teenagers who died between 1819 and 1969 when the last of these schools were closed. That's the horror movie I want to see.
1: You moved the tombstones, but you didn't move the
4: bodies. Oh, yeah. The
3: revenge did. of these children. Yeah. Yes.
1: But, yeah, again, if it was a troubled teen. Troubled teenage ghosts. Technically, that's sometimes they come back. Troubled
3: yeah. teenage zombie is an awesome movie. Wow. Yeah.
1: And we can connect to it. It's relatable. Yeah. That's My Boyfriend's Back. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's was interesting. Bad. It is. Yeah. It's that nice that he came back? Yeah.
3: Live from your grave.
1: You know what's nice about a new year? You never know what you're going to get up to right? But one thing you can get up to is you can change your entire business structure. Try to get some money. Try to gain efficiency. You know what you can do that with? Stamps.com. Stamps.com, you can print your own postage. And who doesn't like printing stamps? I love it. I spend half my day doing it. You'd never have to stress about finding the fastest and cheapest shipping solutions. Now, me, we use Stamps.com all the time here at Last Podcast Network because we're always sending out like my manifestos. But I use Stamps.com so that I don't have to leave my shed in Montana where I'm at when we're not banking episodes for Last Podcast on the left. And then the man comes to my shack, he takes my manifestos, and he takes them straight to the various, not targets, that I want them to read my materials at. It's that easy. Start the new year by saving serious money on mailing and shipping. Get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code LEFT for a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code left. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out. And succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. With Squarespace. Go head to Squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to Squarespace.com/slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if you have another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babel's quick ten-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babel. I'm gonna love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen. In order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the reins of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they they were right, because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited-time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled
4: B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well as far as sexual abuse goes these schools were among the worst when it came to abuse from nuns and priests because at these boarding schools it was all done out in the open to the point where it was coordinated well, you can just, just see again. the
3: nun like the like the landlord from Kingpin <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Ooh, but it, it does uh, it's weird too
1: cuz again dehumanizing the kids. Yeah. They were already dehumanized because they were indigenous, right? They were already, we need to make them people. Yeah. That's a part of what this is, right? Yeah. We need to make them, we're raising yeah. them up. And so they felt like, oh, these kids, we have a free pass on these kids. Yeah. Cause
4: nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. At some schools, nuns and priests would rotate children and teenagers amongst staff members. And they, cause they would get tired for of sex. a kid. Yeah. For sex. Oh they would God. get tired of a kid and be like, ah, you, why don't you take them for a little while? God. And then they just kind of trade them around. Now, once these kids left these schools, they were entirely unequipped to live in either American or tribal society. Mm. In addition, they carried rarely treated PTSD that often led to lifelong struggles with addiction and or suicide. I mean, as we'll see time and time
1: again in this series, it's because they did not really think of kids as little people. Yeah. They just thought that they yeah. were like, you're, a, you're an automaton until you get to go die in the war when you're 18 years old. And I'm
3: sure we'll get into the pipeline to prison because that's probably the only place they could function.
4: It's extremely short-term thinking in every way whatsoever. It's basically sending them back so they can stay out of their parents' hair until they turn 18. Yeah, and then they're everybody else's problem. Right. And while the systemic annihilation of hundreds of cultures is, of course, entirely different from the simple greed behind the troubled teen industry... I think the comparison still holds, because both used many of the same physical, mental, and emotional punishments with the ultimate goal of assimilation, quote, for their own good. Never is. No. Now, the biggest difference between the American Indian boarding schools and the troubled teen schools is that in most cases, the parents voluntarily decide to send their children away to the troubled teen schools. Mostly, these parents in upper and middle class families paid out of pocket with tuition that's sometimes on par with Ivy League universities. Straight ink
1: oh. for one year for, per student
4: yeah. was 72 grand. Yeah. Holy crap.
3: These schools this is
1: like 60s, 70s money.
3: Yeah. That's incredible. Just give it to the kid. Yeah. No. Have
1: him move out.
3: Nah. I feel like you're 72 grand Go.
4: <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, Get out of yeah, my Yeah, go. And Get then you here.
1: become, that's how you have a million Andy Warhols.
4: Oh, <laughs> you. that would be a nightmare. Yes. Andy Warhol was a poor boy from Pittsburgh. I know. I know. I've seen his grave. I've been there. Yeah, how
1: is it? It's nice it's very nice yeah, yeah. he can just sits there yeah. it's not moving around a lot
3: he's a poor boy that's how he knew so much about soup yep
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they it's say bananas. we can't
1: make the subject funny <laughs> so that. many people say they can't make it Andy
4: funny warhol yes well these schools the ones that are mostly paid out of pocket these are like the infamous seadoo institutions yep. which are now being publicly attacked by their most high-profile alumnus Paris Hilton. Yep. No Who's who basically shuttled straight from a sexually abusive trouble teen program into reality television back in the nineties? That wow. was how
1: we used to make our movie stars back in the day, kids. They were well. these fucking nepo babies. Like they all coming out now. Paris Hilton was born in a money, like a good celebrity needs to be done.
3: <laughs> well, she's the Hilton family, but she was never a movie star. She was in uh, the New House of Wax. I do remember the audience cheered when she died. It was a great death. scene. It was a good death scene. But yeah. she
1: did work with some farm well, also, animals. She also played <laughs> up the character quite a bit. What we now know about Paris Hilton was that a lot of the, what we saw of her was kind of a creation of hers. Like yeah. there was a What I actually saw an interesting. video recently where you saw the difference between her Paris Hilton voice and her real voice where she's like on the phone with somebody her voice is like two octaves deeper Hi and then- this is Paris <laughs> yeah. This is Paris. Yeah, Get those crocs in my fucking house now Alright Hi What's <laughs> up
4: other schools, however, besides CDU they are able to get in on the insurance scam and uh, make their money that way. Good old-fashioned American way. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've been dealing with a lot of insurance recently,
1: and man, insurance scams must be very hard. Just get a job. That's yeah. the thing is that
4: they're working with the insurance right. scam, the insurance the industry. You're scam. trying to get money from the yeah, insurance yeah, which industry. Which they don't want to they do. They're trying no. to make money for the insurance industry. And that's very easy to do. They love that about yeah, you. They mm-hmm. really like that. Yeah. Other schools took government subsidies when judges shuttled lower-income teens into these programs as a, quote-unquote, alternative to incarceration. Mm. But to that point, one kid who spent time in both an alternative school and a maximum security prison said that the school was actually far worse. Because at least in prison, which is one of the most dehumanizing places in existence, he said he felt like more of a human being well because the most insidious
1: thing of all is that they turn the kids against themselves
4: yeah lord of the flies Mm -hmm. perhaps the most incredible part though is that some parents send their kids to these schools just in case because the industry says that even if you got a good kid who's just a little rebellious, mm. it couldn't hurt to put a stop to it before the rebellion gets worse. It's like well, killing a fly with a hammer. It's
1: very difficult to kill a fly with a hammer.
3: It yeah. really is. What's the rebellion are we talking about here? Are they
4: listening to Janice Joplin? It's it's to everywhere.
3: parent. <laughs> well, But <laughs> each parent has a different idea this of exactly. what rebellion the rebellion is. That's
4: the whole thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it might be... You know, it, it might be, you know, hey, he's staying out all night. It might right. be well, she smokes it. Just... It might be I found a pack of cigarettes in her purse, you know? Yeah,
1: and it could, like, which is like, again, normal teenage offenses.
4: And then it goes up to kids that are like serial rapists. Yeah, it right. could be he sexually assaulted three girls. Like, yeah. it oh, could all, and all of these kids are all in the same fucking place. Yeah. Jeez. Now, evidence shows that grouping teens together and labeling them all as deviants actually enhances antisocial behavior. Mm-hmm. And there are countless stories of healthy teenagers with natural rebellious streaks, leaving these schools as shattered human beings. In one case, an average kid named Fred Collins was forcibly enrolled in the aforementioned Straight Ink program when he was 19 because his brother... Had the drug problem.
1: They literally just lumped him in thinking like, oh, he he learned from his brother. He's definitely going to get it. Meanwhile, yeah. then he then drops him into, from what I can see, straight ink was rough. Really
3: yeah, rough. Yeah, it sounds like it. But even at 19, his parents were able to send him.
4: I suppose so Okay. I mean that's a strange thing I was I, I had that same question maybe you signed off I don't know yeah maybe uh, but it's like straight ink is one of those things where you know they sit you down in a group and they're like you're a drug addict and this kid Fred was like no I, I'm not not really like I think I've smoked weed a sounds couple like of times sounds a typical drug addict sounds they always like do denials the first say. step it's, yeah. that's what they would do and it would Ugh. slowly escalate more and more and more to screaming and like they're screaming like you're a fucking drug addict you're a drug addict and you know you've got adults screaming at you you've got right. kids screaming at you until finally you're gaslit enough where you admit i'm a drug addict but then you've also got this cognitive dissonance of like but i don't remember doing drugs but they're telling me i'm a drug right. addict and i'm a drug addict and it breaks their fucking brain little do they know i'm actually a public masturbator
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes I got away with it again yeah.
4: <laughs> well after four months collins escaped in a panic he believed that he was a drug addict oh my after gosh. four months and such was his anxiety that when a friend of his sheltered him after the escape Fred pulled a rifle on a guy who showed up at the front door wearing a white coat, and he thought, oh, fuck, the white coats are here to get me. That guy's from straight ink. He's going to fucking bring me back. And he put a rifle Jeez, in a stranger's face. almost made a murderer. Yeah. Now, part of the reason why these places are so horrific is not just because of the policies and philosophies they have, although those are terrible. Mostly, it's because of who the organizations choose to enforce those policies and philosophies.
1: It's interesting because even saying like organizations who choose, when like a lot of times it's like these guys that showed up to create these organizations are like, all right, who's going to be the one that's in control of all these kids? And then he pulls up a mirror and he's like. Looks like it's you, Barry. (laughs) Let's go get these kids. I mean, what kind of
3: sociopath
4: would want this job? I mean,
1: uh, an actual sociopath. Like you literally have to be a fucked up person. Right.
4: I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's like a as far as people who are like sociopaths who are attracted to positions of authority. You know how they're like, you know, there are cops that are attract sociopaths COs who are attracted like that, to yeah. the you know police op- to being a police officer. Some of them go to COs. yeah, but this is like below COs. This is even below Juvenile Hall. Oh my god! And it's also because so it's private
1: less, enterprise it's
4: too. Not regulated in any way mm. whatsoever. Professional psychiatrists, therapists, psychologists, doctors of any kind, they were rarely ever on the staffs of these institutions uh, because they're too fucking expensive. Hmm. And likewise, the people who create these programs, they're just some average fuckhead who's making shit up as they go along. And we're
1: saying this blanketly across the board because it comes up. With every single one of these groups that you read about, it's just a businessman, right? some other guy. Like, uh, so it's really is just that. And then a lot of times it's somebody that's already been a part of one of these programs to begin with mm. and then starts up their own brand new world of pain. You know,
3: mm. I just think that Andrew Tate has a lot of good ideas, and that's why I'm applying for this job. <laughs> I think that I like could it, teach what these <laughs> – I know what the kids need. I am a great – I will be a great leader for these children. Yeah, <laughs> everybody got to know alphas and betas. Betas
4: Ooh. and alphas. Yeah. See, the point of these programs, from a business perspective, is pure greed. You exploit fear, and you justify it by saying you're making society a better place. But many times, the people who run and staff these places, they gain genuine joy from abusing others. Right. Oh, so, Yeah. See, the people who are attracted to these schools are either bullies looking to be in positions of easy authority, the easiest authority there is over children, or they're former students of the programs who, quote, graduate into jobs at the very institutions who abused them in the first place. That's Mm -hmm. how you know it works. Yeah. We just keep making more of them. Mm -hmm. If I may use a pop culture reference, it's (gasps) pretty much Camp Krusty. It's Simpsons Season 4, Episode 1. Yeah, uh, right. Yes, and
3: what a wonderful pop reference that is from Season 4 of The Simpsons. The show has been on for 30 years, which means that's a 26-year-old reference. <laughs> hey, that's what we know here. Yeah. That's okay. what we yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's, it wow. works perfectly. that was 1997.
4: <laughs> actually, it was more like 1994. Jesus. Great. So I could cry. <laughs> Thank
3: you for the caveat to get pop culture i <laughs> I'm just going to go you
4: know, dig actually, a grave. 1994, <laughs> that was the season when Conan <laughs> O'Brien was in charge. It's also yeah. Mars Versus the Monorails and it's. Well, it's, I'm just, it's
3: one of the classics. Speaking of youth, I'm happy you're connecting with the
4: this youth.
1: This is what kids like. <laughs> Cherry Cola. Ages old Simpsons. And I want to talk about the lunch lady. The Chris youth
4: Oh, great sketch. <laughs> yeah. Great sketch. But I mean, in that episode, the bullies are the counselors. Abuse is the norm. And the entire thing is run by a guy named Mr. Black who makes toast to the concept of evil in pursuit of profit. It's probably a direct... And so he's probably inspired by these. Oh, yeah, Mr. Black. Concerning the staff at one alternative school, five resident directors responsible for 45 kids each. They were all graduates of the program. Mm. But of course, they're like 19, 20, 21. They have no college degrees. They have no experience in social services. They were just kids who had very recently been abused and were immediately put into positions to heap that abuse upon more kids. Yeah, now you do worse every single time. Of course. Yeah. Now, as far as their techniques go, these troubled teen programs use tortures that are banned by the Geneva Convention. Wow. They do use beatings, extended isolation, restraint, public humiliation, sensory deprivation, sleep deprivation. It's fucking Abu Ghraib. Oh, right? yeah. It's what wasp and wasp, which we're going to get into now. It's like they, they have with the hangout room. Mm. Well, this, of course, is nothing to say of the emotional and mental tortures these kids are put through. But the justification behind these punishments can be summed up in the philosophy of a school called WASP which closed in 2006. Mm. In WASP, seminars were actually held for parents before the kids were sent to the school with the goal of brainwashing the parents into believing that the brutal techniques used at WASP were justified.
1: Well, of all of them, that they worked the parents harder than yeah. a lot of the other groups. Oh, yeah. WASP mm. did have it because there's a lot of testimony of these parents, they hold these big group dinners. And it's them them like pumping the parents being like, "We're going to change your kids, we're going to do this stuff." And you have all these parents being like, I don't know what to do with my son. He won't eat spaghetti. I (laughs) need to get him back on the spaghetti train. We're Italian. It's racist (laughs) that he won't. And then immediately now he's getting like group beat.
3: Jeez. Mostly when parents go to events like this, they just subscribe to a timeshare. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think
1: actually there might have been some timeshare mixed in. Yeah.
3: There may have been a little MLM coming up as well. Yeah. Maybe some swinging. (sighs) <sighs> Mike Marcus, that's just you again. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. No, it's fun. That's funny. a projection. If if parents are gonna saying. be on
4: vacation. I'm just saying I've seen some documentaries. No, where that's just, your projection. There's some swinging going on at certain Cruises. Honestly,
1: I have found <laughs> that not way. what we're talking about. Since we got married, though, don't you see that there are more swingers? Oh, there yeah. are way a lot more swingers than you think that there yeah. are, and then you'd be just surprised because you
3: guys are Who a group up. of lonely, sad people on the inside. Not you guys necessarily mm-hmm. yet, but it does happen. But also, hey, baby, so, what if we open it up just a little bit?
1: But it's always nice because always some ugly dude and his hot wife.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, your a, wives are gonna yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Would you rather be a hot dude? Because then you have the image of just like. Ah.
1: I feel like hot dudes get so much get laid as much as ugly men. I feel like actually, it really plays out to the same. I
3: don't. Okay. Okay. Hey, Fernando,
1: don't <laughs> you look at me? I think go. that if you do the math, it's really
4: not the, it's truth. Not, yeah, it's we're not the go, truth. We're gonna go. We're gonna sort not it the out. Truth, not the truth at all. Well, wasp justified their beatings using one simple phrase. They said, "There's no right or wrong. There's just what works." And what doesn't? No, there's right and wrong. There's right and wrong because you know what I find? Because with
1: bees, right? bees are fun and a good collaborative insect. But a
4: wasp is
1: mean. A wasp is like the school shooter of bugs.
3: They are very mean. You got to turn the lights off and then they can't fly.
4: Really? Yeah. They can't fly at night? Have you been talking to fucking Smokey the Bear? (laughs) What are you talking about? Bees don't fly at night. No, bees are wasps. Wasps and
3: bees. They don't fly at night. They don't fly at night. Why not? Because they fucking fucking... don't like to fly
1: at night. Can they make the Troubled Teen Industry Series work? I'm
3: serious.
4: Can they figure out the proper angles to joke about? Huh. Most bees, including honeybees and bumblebees, can't fly at night. They don't fly at night. They chill out. But you're saying don't. He's saying can't. Yeah, they don't because I'm they can. They won't. I think these bees are fucking lazy. Yeah, say all oh, busy as a bee. Not at night, I guess. Yeah. No bees don't fly at night. Wasps fly at night, but not well. I'm there sorry I did this. There you go. I
2: brought bees into this. That's what I'm saying.
4: Well, as an example of what "quote unquote" worked for wasp students were commonly punished with handwritten essays that ran up to 150,000 words. Dang. It's roughly 300 pages. Oh,
1: my God. God, I wish I could figure out that fucking output.
4: Man. Yeah. Well, students were required to sit in a dark room in a chair with no back support for eight hours a day, constantly writing until they'd reached 300 pages. And sometimes, for no apparent reason, a staff member would walk in, rip up the essay, and make the student start over. It's almost like you were never supposed to complete it. Mm. Yeah. When it came to physical punishment, WASP students would be made to stand, kneel, sit, or lay on a cement floor without moving for 30 minutes at a time for eight hours a day. The cement floor was also uneven, which made any position painful.
1: This was called the hangout room. Yeah. And you'd sit there, right? You literally would lay on your back, Mm. and you'd have no—you weren't allowed to speak to anybody else. Because with all of these issues, they all kind of inspired by—you as know, they were all inspired by Synanon and these various groups— and so they all had hierarchies. So it's always like if you, you come in and you work your way up at certain levels. Right. And like a lot of this was done for to equalize everybody to them, right? So you'd go into the hangout room. Anybody of any level would go in there, but they not how to speak. They'd be fed beans and they'd just be kept up all night.
3: Mm-hmm. There'll be some noises going on <laughs> because of the beans. Because of the beans.
4: Oh, it's the magical fruit.
3: Even though I believe it's a vegetable. I thought it was crying
4: because of the gas. I don't think they're allowed to cry. No, no, no they're not. A lot of them. Uh, boiled chicken was a, a big oh, meal uh, at these places. Wasp was big on boiled chicken, yeah, but good that was dogs, dinner. because but... that's the thing is that you'd for no you'd have rice all the rest of the time, but then you'd get mm. that boiled chicken, which was supposed to be a reward oh. for surviving the day. That's. I mean, that's not the worst thing we've heard, but that's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's the top two for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> sad. boiled chicken. Sad. But even outside of punishments, teens at a wasp facility in Tijuana had calluses and blisters on their feet from being made to run laps without shoes. All of them were extremely dirty, and a lot of them were kept in dog cages. Jesus. In the worst example, one kid was made to lay prone in his underwear for three nights while fire ants crawled all over him. If he dared move, he'd get shocks. From a cattle prod. No,
3: that's going to keep him up to crystal methamphetamine. It's absolutely. That's how right. that's
4: going to
1: It's the cattle yeah. prod touch that really keeps a man right. off the marijuana.
4: Mm-hmm. Jeez. But with all these extremely dodgy and dangerous behaviors happening at all these schools, and with extremely unqualified people staffing them, it was inevitable that some kids were and are going to die. Mm-hmm. When it comes to fatalities, though, no part of the troubled teen industry is deadlier than than the wilderness programs.
1: The wilderness programs scare the living fuck out of me. I saw right? a twenty twenty episode on these. There's these things scare the living shit out of me. There was what it's literally if Bengala ran the Boy Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> it is you just go on marches.
4: Yeah. You Horrible. just like
1: it is very scary. Yeah.
4: yeah. And denied resources, denied food, denied even though it's right there in front of you. Ugh. I mean it's it's full torture. Yeah. Now, one of the first wilderness programs was Challenger. Ooh, never name something after a shuttle that blows up. And no, it, there, that was the inspiration. Yeah, because it was named in 1987, like yeah. right after the Challenger blew up.
1: Hey, we think maybe give some 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 time? <laughs> give
4: us <it> some time. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a new car. Have you seen? Have you checked out the Honda 911? <laughs> It's incredible. It just keeps going and going. It's a 22 year long. Is that right?
4: Wow. I heard it randomly explodes. <laughs> hmm. Well, Challenger was founded by Steve Cardassano in 1987. I'm not trusting anyone.
3: I'm not to judge, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to trust an Italian on this. Uh, I you would also, don't...
1: you would be really surprised. You especially, yeah, like outside. Yeah. yeah, if this was a gnocchi camp, yeah. I'd be like, ooh, okay. You know, like, want to shoot?
3: You see that plane? You want to shoot that plane?
4: It's looking at you.
1: And he'll look at you! But no, um, there's a lot of Italians in this whole series. There just, really are. Actually, is... the
4: Italians kind of run the. They kind of run the game. Yeah. Is that being right? Honest. Yeah, yeah, we'll get
1: there. I want a Norwegian man. <laughs> no, no, we actually. all, The Norwegians are very severe. Okay. Now. Well, In
4: 1987, Steve and his co-investor Oliver North, yes, that Oliver North, yes, yes. the,
3: the uh, actor. No, wait, no, Ollie North Ollie is North. Iron. The, yeah, yeah Ollie North, yeah, that guy.
4: He was his co-investor.
1: Yeah, dude. No, this it's it's not good. Cool. <laughs>
4: There's a lot of people involved in this shit. Well, They found that they could maximize profits by just putting kids outside. Oh, maximizing profits. Yeah. See, cause you again, don't have to build a structure. No. You just put them outside. The
1: money makes it right, which is why we are currently recording in a tent in a parking lot outside of
4: a Vaughn. Absolutely. <laughs> because
1: we want everyone to know we are thrifty.
4: Yeah. In addition, Steve could rationalize denying food to kids and giving them shit equipment. Uh, that's a survival thing. It's part of the treatment.
3: Oh, that's how you survive in 1986 America. Yeah, that's a great
4: idea. Yeah. It's just called uh, how food. to
3: make someone homeless. Yeah.
4: It's just very scary. This is extremely scary. Yeah. And even though the cost of one program was upwards of $12,000 per kid, Steve's untrained counselors were paid only $800 a month. God. See, by going on talk shows like Donahue and Geraldo, Steve made his own good publicity. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. You see, this is the thing, right? These kids that come Mm out of it, -hmm. the best part about it is is that nothing makes a kid better for society than living amongst struggling with squirrels (laughs) (laughs) for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. I find that the squirrels rehabilitate the kids on their own because they look and they understand, oh, now we're on a pine cone economy. You gotta <laughs> right. get the pine cones. How hard is that? You gotta yeah. go find the pine cones. You gotta keep the pine cones from other people. Well, now, why fantastic. are my pine cones better than yours? You gotta think about that. Maximals. Thanks
3: for being on the show. Up next, Satanists who like to fuck pineapples. <laughs> Welcome to Donnie. Save
1: those pineapples, though, because, yeah, they're fucked, but they can still be food.
4: <laughs> well, I'm sure anyone who watched daytime TV in the 80s and 90s knows daytime talk shows loved trouble teen programs. Oh, loved How them. many fucking boot camp episodes have you seen? Dude, I watched. There was just a clip on my Instagram about the kid who the guy's like,
3: you want me to be your father? Do you want me to be your father? <laughs> and he's just like, and like, I never had a dad. No, no. the kid literally says, yes. <laughs> and the guy's like... Well, that kind of derails the entire thing. You, you just scared me straight, kid. It's yeah. just so sad.
1: Because well, again, we, we did this joke on the live show about like the concept of like Oprah pumping in all the satanic oh, panic yeah. at fucking yeah. three o'clock in the afternoon. You wonder, I wondered why I'd come home and my mom would just be like, we're going through your things now. <laughs> we go through. It's like she's just getting pumped full of anti-kid propaganda all day. I think
3: mm-hmm. my mom threw all her cough syrup away because of a 2020 episode. And I was like,
4: I'm stealing
3: food. I'm
1: <laughs> sick, Mom. It's okay.
4: Well, these talk programs, they did more to publicize the quote-unquote benefits of the Troubled Teen Program more than anyone. And they did it for free. Wow. Now, using Steve Carcetano's model, a woman named Gail Palmer, who had no outdoor experience or training of any kind, she opened her own program called Summit Quest. And she upped the price to $13,900 per kit. That's because of the Quest. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're going to want to join this quest. Yeah, she's got a writer on staff. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because of Gail's inexperience, a 15-year-old girl named Michelle Sutton died of dehydration just months after the program was established. Yeah, because we
3: worked really, really hard not to be
1: uh, forest dwellers anymore. (laughs) We're just not that anymore. But again, it's this punishment thing. It's this idea of like... We're gonna make you strong. Yeah, but uh, so, kids die though. Yeah. Well, they,
3: it's something also about the '80s. It makes me think of Dream Warriors. So everyone kind of has the puffy hair and poop yeah. earrings oh, and yeah. stuff. These mm-hmm. are
4: cool chicks and dudes. Yeah. But a hallmark of wilderness programs is it's routinely denying food or water for days at a time. It is really stupid. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's yes. trying. They're trying. Water to, is a good thing. Water is a good thing. Yeah. They're trying to break your spirit. They're trying to make they do what they do yeah. in cults and what we did to interrogate people. It's that you fucking take them out where they don't know where the hell they are are. Yeah. You disorient them. You keep them up all night. You make sure that they're dehydrated, hungry. You walk them for days. You do all this shit just to feel like because you're you're trying to. You're in your mind, you're like, no, being a zombie is good. On mm-hmm. a much less
3: severe level, back in the day when they were doing like football practices, no water. You don't want water. Your water's for pussies. Mm-hmm. One water break every two hours. They did stop that practice. Yeah, yeah because they, they getting, realized kids water is good, yeah. Yeah. makes you stronger. Yeah. I
1: don't know what it is about having water that makes you weak. Why, I, do, why it, are you a pussy? If you're I thirsty? don't. Was it like that for you, too? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Like
3: I don't why. No, understand. Ed was telling
1: me about a thing called like, it was like a bowl in the ring that they used to do too, where they also be, beat the shit out of each other. In well, yeah. Oh, fun, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. You need that's to do, that's do it hydrated. Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. you go no, do hydrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, every two hours, they'd let us go over to the pipe. For like which 10 is just, seconds. It was just a big piece of PVC pipe it. with the p- holes in it, and they'd turn on, the, um, turn on the hose. The hose. So it's basically, yeah, just a bunch of like kids. Like you're getting
1: water like you're a bunch of
4: yard dogs. bunch of cows. Yeah. And then if you take more than 10 seconds, your buddy's like, hurry
3: up man we only got two minutes yeah,
1: i then, yeah. i was in drama with the girls yeah and they were in mm-hmm. their underwear and it was awesome Maybe i was in a west side add, story
3: it, yeah just a one day at one of these camps would be good for you
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> see that's the thing i did both you can have yeah. both best of both worlds man
3: oh yeah that abilene texas community theater Hi Roger. y'all, like me showing up <laughs> hey. hey
1: everybody hi. Hey. i'm Roger. mr watering pot you come you want to gossip you want you, you, come over here. you want, got nothing nice to say you just say it by me you sit over here
4: one act play was a legitimate competition we used to do competitive theater oh, that's what we used to do you yeah. weren't thespians like i was oh yeah oh my god how many fucking productions of steel magnolias did i fucking see in mm-hmm. high school. Hey, it was man. very popular. Who
1: wants to take a whack of Weezer?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Steve Okay. Stop
1: talking about me like I'm not
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Magnolias. I've yeah. never seen it.
4: Well, this, you know, well, <laughs> the deaths. Let's get
1: back to yes, the deaths. Please. Yes,
4: please. Thank you. The deaths in these wilderness programs, they were explained away by Steve Cartesano, uh as an acceptable, quote unquote, window of loss. Mm. What? And
1: the thing about a window of loss yeah? is that...
4: Things get lost in that thing all the time. <laughs> it's a person,
1: and honestly, I keep telling these guys, we gotta shut this window. And <laughs> hey, they don't listen. They're so busy spanking and and not drinking.
4: Well, by Cardassano's uh, reckoning, as he told a staffer who later spoke out, they'd be helping so many kids in these wilderness programs that it was worth losing a few. Honestly, it's kind of nice because then <laughs> it's
1: like I first I had twelve, and it's like oh, I gotta talk twelve of you to the bathroom. Right, that's a once lot. I'm down to like eight. I can have them all pissed in a row and I can just watch them as a group.
4: It's easier that way, sure. <laughs> but that didn't explain uh, Cardasano's uh, Puerto Rican facility where kids were found bound and gagged with nooses tied around their necks. See, what? I feel
1: that's extreme. Yeah, yeah that's a little extreme.
4: bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, that Michelle Sutton uh, death by dehydration mm-hmm. written off as a tragic accident. No oh. one had any charges brought against them. No, even no, no. Though wow. she, was, uh, she hadn't had a drink of water in seven days. But tragic oh accident. But she
1: was a kid. She'd, don't worry, because they'd signed a, a monetary contract. Mm-hmm. See, again, right. it's nobody's fault, but it's nobody's fault. Because they signed this, this, incredible
4: contract that just yeah. makes it all legal. Isn't that amazing? Well, I wouldn't say she had. I don't think you can survive seven days without water. But uh, she had very I little think it was water. Three over days, seven days or something. Yeah. It's yeah. not
1: good.
3: Yeah. No, it's
4: not. Seven days to die of dehydration. Yeah, but yeah. on the very small amount of water that she was given every other day. But Cardasano. He was taken down less than a month after Michelle Sutton's death okay. when a kid in his care died from dehydration and hypothermia. See,
1: see, okay, you know, one, one that we can all right. attribute to God, right? Because sometimes God sucks, right?
4: Yeah. But
1: this second one, it's on me. That one is your <laughs> this fault? This one's on
3: me. So is it the dehydration or is it the hyperthermia you're taking the blame for?
1: I'm just going to say, let's just call it a mulligan.
4: A mulligan. <laughs> I
1: just need a okay. redo on that kid. If I, if, it could, if I could, but everyone's saying I can't because he's dead.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, he was charged with negligent homicide, but he fled the country and he's never been seen since. So he's still alive. Hasn't been seen in decades. He might be what? dead now. His maybe dead now, this maybe was
3: the '80s. Maybe how old was he when he was doing
1: all this stuff? No idea. I don't know. '40s? What do you think? I don't know. So Ballpark be, it. I mean, technically, if he moved to the Mediterranean, they <laughs> yeah. regularly lived to their '90s thanks to like the olive oil, mm-hmm. yeah. and the the seeded
4: plants. You get the, the olives themselves are very healthy for you. He probably went to Costa Rica. He had mm-hmm. schools in Costa Rica. So we yeah. should ask we your.
1: Do uh, we ask your parents?
4: They're, they're
3: now <laughs> deceased.
4: My grandparents are both deceased. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't have anyone else to ask about (laughs) how to flee a country (laughs) (laughs) for various reasons. Various reasons. (laughs) Well, perhaps the worst of these deaths came from a program called North Star, where a kid named Aaron Bacon endured weeks of torture at the hands of counselors. Bacon eventually developed an ulcer that ate through his stomach and poisoned his blood and organs with intestinal bacteria. Now, he may have survived that. But Aaron was also suffering from hypothermia from being denied a sleeping bag in freezing weather, malnutrition and dehydration from being denied food and water, exhaustion from hikes that would last up to eight miles, mental instability from being gaslit concerning his conditions, and infections from sores resulting from wearing boots that were purposefully two sizes too small. Yeah, because again, it's supposed to teach him some kind of character, which it doesn't. No, of course it doesn't. What's Mm. the lesson? What do you learn? Nothing. Nothing. Well, tragically, Aaron could have been saved until literally the last hour of his life. Yep. And, the, I, and I say that with all seriousness, literally the last hour. Basic medical treatment, an mm. IV, uh, you know, like maybe right. some Pepsid AC. But that wasn't the concern of the sadistic staff in charge of his well-being. In an example of what really mattered, one of the staffers wrote this in his journal 10 days into the journey. I finally wiped the smile off that bacon boy's
1: face. I finally broke in his spirit.
4: And then he died 10 days later.
1: Congratulations. I actually think (laughs) technically, if you just just describe, if you remove Bacon and put Zabrowski in there, I think that's what Lauren Michaels wrote when he sent me (laughs) my feedback for my Saturday Live. Yeah, (laughs)
3: you you can really relate to this. Yeah, yeah. you auditioning in a fully heated, well-hydrated room.
4: In in Manhattan. I'm the victim here. (laughs)
2: Now,
4: Aaron Bacon's parents did try working with investigators to shut down the program that killed their son. But the whole thing fell apart when their primary witness, a staffer named Mike Hill, was himself accused of sexually abusing a teenager in the program in exchange for extra food.
1: Oh, my God.
4: Yeah.
1: Again, it went straight to, like, prison rules. Of course.
4: So bribery, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, since Aaron Bacon's death, at least 12 teens that we know of have died in wilderness programs. Four were related to heat and dehydration, while eight were related to restraints.
0: Yeah. Mm. My
1: my buddy went to one of these and he just never he did not come back the same.
4: Yeah. How yeah. long
1: was he there for? He was there for I wanna say he was there for a summer. Oh because then gosh. I didn't see him along for a long time. It was rough.
4: It was bad. It was Brutal. not good for him. Yeah. In one camp, a 65 pound 12 year old was killed when his 320 pound counselor sat on him and refused to get up because the counselor thought the kid was playing possum when he stopped moving. That's
3: where all the fucking food's going. <laughs> you got yeah, a 320 pound counselor. <laughs> yeah. You know he's got a golf cart. Move
1: yeah. back, <laughs> <laughs> kids. R- 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 the thing about a rascal is that it's such a fun sounding thing for a thing that's not. No. Yeah,
3: not at all. No, there's nothing rascally
1: about it. Looking yeah.
3: at a fat fuck in charge as you're starving and dehydrated must I mean guys also sitting on, you?
1: sitting on you. Yeah, it's all it's all bad.
4: Yeah. But while the wilderness programs are certainly the deadliest genre in the troubled teen industry, the most infamous are its boarding schools. In particular, the one that has gained the most negative attention in the last 15 years or so is Alon School.
1: Now, I think the Alon School got as much heat as it did is because of how much publicity it had gotten in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was such a big deal that the fall was appropriately large Mm -hmm. as well.
4: For 40 years, from the early 70s until very recently. Too recently. Yes. A school subjected thousands of children to daily abuse, torture, dehumanization, and terror, both psychological and physical.
1: And not like the fun way, not like when you go to Halloween horror nights. No. Because I, I learned nothing from them either. No. It's fun to do. <laughs> I like mazes, but oh, I don't yeah. learn
4: anything. What's well, a good time? Yeah. Well, build as an alternative school that specializes in behavioral modification for teens, law school was located in rural Maine because Maine had lax regulations and laws regarding alternative schools. Yeah, think it's, of, it's
3: an alternative school. You see how some schools, they educate you. We don't. We deeducate <laughs> you. We de-educate you. Because
1: again, yeah, Maine must have a crazy fucking crazy, like the re- regulations there must be so lax because yeah. it's like, the pet cemeteries are out of control. Oh, absolutely. I mean and like have you ever, you ever been to an antique shop that sells you your innermost secrets, but then you end up betraying everybody you know and love because it turns out the guy who owns the antique shop is the devil himself.
3: It's really scary. <laughs> no stuff. regulation. Have you no. ever heard their senator Susan Collins talk? <laughs> I think that's she might be in charge of one of these.
1: Boosters <laughs> nine, nine, and uh, columns? She dunks! <laughs> nine. Oh yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: in other words, everything you're about to hear was, for the most part, totally legal. That
1: means it's right. So episode's over.
4: <laughs> Fantastic. <John. laughs> these kids, all between the ages of twelve and eighteen, They came from all backgrounds. They were poor juvenile offenders sentenced to a law in school by judges. They were from wealthy families who just wanted to offload troublemakers. Sometimes it was just kids who were having trouble in school because of learning disabilities or kids who were depressed, mentally ill, and or autistic. Or just called being a teenager. Yes. 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 Basically, it was anyone who couldn't fit in with traditional society uh, the way that their parents wanted them to fit in. It
1: really is the entire cast of the Dream Warriors.
4: Yes. Yeah. For the low, low price of $60,000 per student. Jesus! Children were sent to a lawn school forcibly more often than not through what's known as a teen escort company. Now, Kissel, don't it's, get too excited. It's not what you are thinking. <laughs> it is. No, it's
3: not. I was about to call it right up there. But again, as I joked about it in a previous live show, teen, you got two year, 18, 19. That's it.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, yes.
4: Well, teen escort companies are perfectly legal businesses that kidnap children from their homes in the middle of the night so they can whisk them away to boarding schools in the most traumatic ways possible. And it's all done with the complete consent of their parents.
1: Can you imagine getting into this business. Yeah. Like just like deciding to start your own, being like, you know what I've always wanted to do? Put children in straitjackets mm-hmm. Every day I woke up as a kid, I wrote in my journal, oh, yeah.
4: I wish I could subjugate children to torture. Yeah, kidnap kids and then drive them for days at a time while they whimpered and cried and screamed in the back while I hit them over and over again. Easy money. <laughs> Easy money. I would say I, they are not going to be the most
3: sympathetic, but I'm sure there are some, edu- er, some abusers as well that had some deep trauma from all of this. Oh, I of mean, course. How, the turnover for the teen abduction business must be kind of high.
4: Got to be. As of 2004, there were at least 20 teen escort companies operating in the United States. What? Yeah. And they could earn anywhere between five dollars and $8,000 per kid, depending on how far away the kid had to be transported. You break oh it
3: down by the numbers. You that's break it actually, down
4: by, what, like,
1: <laughs> gas money?
3: Yeah, that's pretty good.
4: Yeah. Now, teens were mostly picked up in the middle of the night to take advantage of their initial disorientation and to minimize confrontation and risk. If they were really dysfunctional juveniles, they'd be up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be in the bedroom. Yeah. No. Commonly, the kidnappers used violence, handcuffs. They'd hogtie the kids with cable wires, whatever was necessary.
1: Yeah. And it's, they also do it because there's also a psychological edge, especially in Elon, where like you are no longer in control you. of your life. Right. The second those guys roll in your bedroom, you don't have autonomy anymore. Mm. You belong to us, so it is to dehumanize you. It's to lift you up like a dog. What
4: kind of parent could do that? But anyway. No. And that's the thing. It's not only all legal, it is sanctioned by the Supreme Court. They loved it. Yay. In 1979, the Supreme Court affirmed the legality of these programs in a decision to uphold the rights of parents to send their children wherever they deemed best using whatever methods
1: again we can also grant those of you that have kids maybe you do have a little psychopath child that you don't know what to do with and i don't even mean this like derogatorily i mean like maybe you do have a truly troubled you have kevin. kid yes you have kevin like maybe there is that right But but this is not what we're talking about like yeah, right. this is not this is not helping anybody in yeah. this scenario
4: yeah, I mean, this was based on the assumption that no parent would ever consent to abusive care. That's That was the Supreme no Court's par- thinking. Yeah, no yeah. parent
1: would ever send their kids to a torture device, but they understand that most of them, they wanted it.
4: Yeah. Well, well, Justice Rehnquist, if we,
3: uh, if we outlaw these programs, we don't have any children to rape. Oh, uh, <laughs> if we
1: don't have any children to rape, what <laughs> are we going to do for Christmas?
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. So we've been these programs.
1: <laughs> we really are the Supreme Court. <laughs>
4: recently, just a year and a half ago, a man named Julio Sandoval, who ran a teen escort company, he was arrested for violating a restraining order taken out by a teenager's father because the teenager's mother had threatened to send the kid to a troubled teen boarding school. And the father figured, well, if I put a restraining order out, there's no way she's going to break that. She did. Oh, okay. yeah. She She hired the teen escort company behind the father's back to break into the father's house to take the child away. This to is, kidnap the this child. This is a
1: year and a half Jesus. ago.
4: A year and a half So ago. lucky they didn't get killed. Yeah. Well, allegedly, the teen was kidnapped and cuffed in California. Then he was driven 27 hours in handcuffs to a religious boarding school in southwest Missouri called Agape. Isn't
1: that weird after the Jack Parsons yeah. series? Because we know what? what agape agape is supposed to mean like an orgy. Yeah. Like an orgy of pleasure. It's Ag- like a whole thing, like a Ag-gay? Ag-gay? Ag-gay, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh well that's not good.
4: Yeah. There he was held against his will until his father was finally able to track him down and free him. Other stories. Man,
1: that's a lucky kid. Yeah. Like, the fact your father actually came... I mean, obviously, there seems to be a lot going on in the family.
4: There is, yes. Um, the, but the mother was uh, one of those. Yeah, very, very insane. disappointed, Crazy, insane. crazy okay.
3: person, yeah. I mean, he gets to channel his inner Liam Neeson, knock down the door and be like, give See, me my boy back. It's and- kind of
1: exciting as a dad.
3: Yeah, but I, I think about probably- Jackie
1: getting kidnapped sometimes because it you would do. be kind of fun to like get, go out on the road and go get her. Like yeah. me and Jeff, we get a couple of guns, we get a couple of fucking bags, right. masks and tape. Yeah. We find the guys, fucking eliminate them one by one by you one. You really think we- you would do that. Whack a guy's fucking <laughs> knees with yeah. a fucking hammer again and get right he's side to a chair going, oh lord yes. And be like, me thinks that you do and me Mr. Hammer says that he knows that right. you you know, you know.
3: Well, what, actually, happened is you'd call 911 and then they'd be like, Can you describe your sister? And then, oh, you'd yeah, say- she's like, eh. She's this fucking bitch, right? Yeah. she right. got
1: like a big head, like little, like, with a little head, big body, yeah. tiny little feet. She's like, oh, yummy? <laughs>
3: That was probably me, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Fly from your grave.
4: Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at
3: texaspete.com
1: Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. You're going to get a kiss in there. There's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Watch out for those sidewalks. They are covered in urine and customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Oh, how I love the 1920s. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS. An Android. <laughs> it's sports. <laughs> 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 Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, what's oh, eating up? Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah. Toss that rock. Come on, guys. Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps, whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops. You're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basketball! Price Books even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then it would be more like baseball but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's called LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that
4: easy. Well, other stories being kidnapped include Hannah Kay. Hannah Kay said that she was kidnapped from her bed in the middle of the night when she was 13 by men that she believed were terrorists. Oh, yeah. Once she arrived at, again, the Agape School, mm. she was strip-searched in a room full of grown men and had her head shaved. Again, this is the within fuck? the last few years. Yeah. And they learned that from the Elan School. Mm-hmm. I think they learned that from, her, yeah, her War on Terror, yeah. right? Another person who suffered this trauma said that for years afterwards, they slept with their bed in front of their door with a knife under their pillow, fully dressed in case they needed to run for their life lest they be kidnapped again every single fucking night of their life. Wow. Now, even though this should be highly illegal, the only state to adopt legislation banning teen escort companies is Oregon. Oh, Oregon. 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 Guess when they uh, passed their legislation.
3: 2022?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yay. We did it. Yeah. So that Kotech gal, did she pass it? Yeah, mm-hmm. quite possibly. Yeah. So let's get back to the Alon school. Okay. Now, after a teen transport company finally arrived with a student at the aforementioned Elron School, the teen would suddenly find themselves trapped in a facility located in the wilds of Maine. It was truly in the middle of nowhere, right? and it was all designed to be
1: like a shocking experience, yeah. right? Because they put the kids out front, so you would be kidnapped by children right you'd have a couple of guys too but a lot of times especially Elon school they'd hire a couple of big beefy kids right the higher level kids that would also come so you're in the car side by side with two children already and then you roll up to this Jesus. which at first you're cuz you're sold like all these other schools you're sold that this is this like summer camp experience you're right. gonna you know canoeing and horse riding and all the things you do if you got a good tampon in right <laughs> like you can play tennis you know make arts and crafts and yeah. shit. right but when you show up there, it's actually a series of trailers and rundown homes. So it's it's really Camp Krusty. It's very scary. What a pop yes. culture reference. But real. But real. And then you'd see like a kid in a dunce cap on being like, ask me why I'm an idiot. And then you'd mm-hmm. like see all these people doing these Ooh, like weird things. It's like Dick's things.
3: Last Resort. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they do
1: all of this, like It's like out on the lawn. And they, do, they design it. So that when you show up, you immediately want to run
4: away. They mm. want you to be scared. It's Sounds sick. like it, yeah. dude. And kids did try to escape. But so many tried running away that guards were permanently posted in the woods to catch them. Which is even more terrifying.
3: God, yeah.
4: As the founder of Alon School put it in a 1979 interview, the first thing you learn at Alon is that you're not going to get out of there. That was something he was proud of. Great, thank you. How brave. But in 1993, one teenager did manage to get out but it was a tragic case of jumping from the frying pan into the fire. That year, -year 17-year-old Dawn Birnbaum finally made it past the guards after multiple escape attempts, and she was soon picked up by a trucker when she hitched a ride. Twelve hours later, Dawn was a corpse on the side of the road, bound, raped, and strangled to death with a ligature by the same trucker who first picked her up. Oh my God. A trucker, by the way, James Robert Cruz Jr., strongly suspected of being linked to a series of trucker murders in Ohio that suddenly stopped after his arrest. Wow.
1: God damn. That's Poor fucked. That's girl. even, yeah, it's terrible.
4: Yeah. Now, after it was explained to a newly arrived teen that there was no way to escape a lawn school, probably using Don as an example of what would happen if they left. Oh, they, it was a gift to them. Oh, yeah. nineteen, And it was 1993. They kept going for a long time after that. Right. They'd be forced into a shower as the staff watched. Girls It's would... called intake. Mm-hmm. Girls would then get vaginal smears and rectal exams, while the boys had to give semen samples and get tested for venereal disease, which I'm sure was the old Q-tip up the pee hole. Yeah, I hated that, man. I'm
3: Susan Collins, <laughs> I'm just here to make sure that these boys give semen samples. You don't, sam- don't want to go
4: off that roll.
1: <laughs> That's where the penis Q-tips are.
3: <laughs> this is the semen sample, day, right?
4: <laughs> The kids were then given bland, colorless clothing to erase their individuality, and they were thereafter cut off from the outside world at the alone school's discretion. All mail was read and monitored. Anything deemed inappropriate was confiscated, and all outgoing mail was censored. That's a part of why they did it did last so long, right? Because these
1: kids could not write what was happening to them. They were basically saying, like, lie to your parents. I I forgot that there was a term that they used for the (sighs) letter that they wrote. There was like, I want to say it was called like. A guilt letter. I wonder if it was called a guilt letter. It was a letter. guilt letter, yeah. And it, what they would do is they'd write being be like, Elon School's magnificent.
4: Yeah. We uh, love every Jesus. minute here. Like and I'm all- very sorry for what I've done to you. Yes. Yeah. After a while, students were allowed to call home, but they could do so under heavy monitoring. If the student began to talk at all about the abuse suffered or about anything that might make the school look bad, the call was cut off and the student was severely punished. You will oh. go
1: to sleep or I will put you to sleep.
4: No! <laughs> Once showered, violated, and dressed, the student was then assigned a big brother upon arrival. Big brothers were older students who were basically prison guards. They would enforce rules, and they would report infractions. Mm -hmm. And they're also fellow students. Okay, That's the thing, again. It's all kids on kids. Yeah. right. And cruelly, a common game amongst big brothers with new students was to pretend like they were planning an escape with the new charge. Then, when the student agreed to the plan, they'd be reported to senior staff, and they would be punished. It's Often called, that was your first punishment. Yeah, and it's called how Homeland Security gets his budget. Exactly. <laughs> A great profession as an FBI agent. Concerning that senior staff, most of them were, in fact, former students who had graduated. Some were, of course, psychopaths who took advantage of the system. But others were highly traumatized kids who had become converts as a survival mechanism. I find this fascinating. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because I was watching a documentary called The Last Stop, which was a big one on the Elon schools. Mm -hmm. And there are like one or two people in there that were like, you know, one of them cared. There was like one person who cared like because they had all a bunch of different Elon schools. And Mm -hmm. so some of them were kind of a little bit more like easygoing ones. And some were the high max Mm. security ones. And so you see a lot of them people saying the lower ones they were kind of like, oh, you know, I learned some lessons. But once you go to I think it's Elon two, Mm. which was like really fucked because Elon one was burnt down by the students. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, Elon One was burnt. That's how bad the school was. Is that it was literally burnt down yeah. by their own constituents. They had it. Then they just rebuilt a new one right down the road.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just Stockholm syndrome survival, basically. It's a little more complicated. Then, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what do they call it when a prisoner gets uh, institutionalized? Institutionalism. Yes. Yeah.
4: Well, as author Maya Zalovitz puts it in her book, Help at Any Cost, people who go through these programs have been conditioned to support and accept the treatment they've received through the sunk cost fallacy. They overvalue their experience because they have paid so dearly for it already. Mm. Some participants, in order to just deal with the trauma they've gone through, they need to have their suffering to have served some purpose. I get it. Then once they feel the joy when the abuse is over, once they've graduated... They see their experience as transformative rather than useless and unnecessary. It's like
3: after you get through level five at UCB and you realize you didn't make a house team and you spent twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, now you you're
1: are, just some bald guy in converses that no one will fuck anymore.
3: But you are a <laughs> slightly better public speaker.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, another tactic used in this vein is the mystical manipulation technique, which is a little closer to a cult strategy used mostly by faith based programs like straight ink. The mystical manipulation technique makes the participant feel as if God himself is aligned with their goals. Yeah, that
1: is very, very interesting.
4: Yeah. See, if you're repeatedly told that everything happens for a reason, then any positive coincidence is seen as a sign that God is working through your program to further his goals by contrast, any negative event is seen mm-hmm. as, can you get this one, Ben? The
1: devil's doing. Yeah, test, test of, of your faith. faith.
4: Oh,
3: test of your faith.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, in straight ink, they also do stuff where they hit you with, like, songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you see the song, one of the songs that you have to do in straight ink? I am straight, hear me roar. In numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. Because I've heard it all before. And I've been down there on the floor. I be, I am straight. Hear me roar.
4: <laughs> I kind of like it. It's not bad. I no, mean, it's not a, that bad. a lot of these uh programs would use songs as way sure. as a way to really drill the uh message into I their even, heads. In 6th
3: grade there was a smokes smoke-free song that's st- we are the smoke-free class of 2002, triple zero. Be a um be be a hero not a zero, something like that.
4: But it was a smoke-free class. of Program didn't work.
3: I think no, somebody needs did to work. go back. <laughs> I
4: remember it. I need to Wait, call. Can I call a Kissel escort company? 2000. Wait, 2002. How did you? Your no, year... I graduated in 2000. You, say, oh, you yeah, said you said
1: 2000, but then that's why triple zero made sense. But then you said triple. You said 2002 in the song that you misremembered. No, Again, I didn't. I'm calling a Kissel escort company to pick <laughs> you up. No. I know you're going to like
4: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just said 2002. Did you graduate high school when you were like 20? No, I graduated high school in 2000. Oh, okay. I was 18. Hmm, interesting. Maybe we'll. Look at your fucking records. Yeah, Yeah, sixty third and
3: sixty fourth. TJ was sixty fourth, and I wanted to be dead last, but he got dead last. Yeah,
1: I was six hundred sixty four out of six hundred sixty six. No kidding. Cool, sweet. Oh, nice. That's a big school. Number one. We
4: know there was nine people in your class. Twelve. (laughs) 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 Well, this way of looking at the world, you know, the whole thing of like. You know, if it's good, God's working through me. If it's bad, it's a test. It right. essentially rewires your brain into a new belief system where the program is the only thing that matters.
1: Because again, it's the it's you're in or out. Because once you're in it, you're fucking in it. Yeah, And you're not getting out of it. Yeah. So you have to find out a way to work your way through besides just killing a bunch of people mm-hmm. until the cops come at you. You
4: have to kind of ship up. Mm-hmm. And then once you abandon your old value system for a new one, the things that you might have previously thought wrong are suddenly right. And it's being done for the greater good. Mm. And when you put mystical manipulation and the sunk cost fallacy together, victims will eventually become enthusiastic perpetrators who can't imagine acting any other way. In fact, many are often surprised and bewildered when they're later told that they were committing criminal abuse. That's even after they're arrested for it. Because again,
1: it feels institutionalized. Yeah. Because it feels, well, it is institutionalized, but it feels like it's a part of the American system because we're getting, you're literally supported by the U.S. government, while you're doing all of these things under the auspices of training and helping kids mm-hmm. like you're so you right. are, you have the full green light from the U S government at that moment in time to do whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's until afterwards. Everyone's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa.
4: What happened? Yeah. Now, the average student at Elan School was there for 18 months, but some could be there as long as four years. Mm. Usually 150 students were living at Elan at any one time, and those 150 were split between three buildings housing 40 or 50 students at each structure. Following a strict social hierarchy where the students were made to police and inform on themselves, everyone was split into two classes, strengths and Mm non-strengths. Non-strengths couldn't talk to strengths or non-strengths, but strengths could talk to non-strengths. If a non-strength talked to a strength without being addressed first, or if they talked to another non-strength at all, all. they would be in violation of a list of rules called guilts. Breaking any of the guilts, whose numbers reached into the dozens, yeah, it would it, result in severe punishment.
1: And it was it was extremely complicated. Like yeah. You, yeah. As you could see, it was extremely complicated because the whole point was to fuck up. Yeah, so that you could get checked sure. again and again and
4: again. It's a form of psychological warfare. It's yeah. designed to make students conform to the exact standards of the school and society well, at large. Quote you unquote have... society
1: at large. It's yeah. about like be- again becoming like a faceless, nameless person in a machine. you yeah. could
4: have done well here,
3: Henry. You like D and D? A lot of rules. A lot of no. Uh, scolding. I,
1: I I couldn't. <laughs> I had to drop out of karate because I couldn't call the guy sensei. <laughs> Well, I was like, yes, yeah, that guy? makes sense. Like, the whole time, I was like, why am I going to call you? What are you? Well, because
3: yeah. you're in Queens, New York. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, yeah exactly. I don't, we're not yeah, even exactly. close I to where karate is invented. The yeah. first
1: thing I remember was why I got called little devil boy in Catholic school, like when I was doing Sunday schools, because like the priest, when we were talking about, I remember like being real young, being like, why do I have to tell my sins to you? Who are you? Like, why you? like, I just talk up to the big guy. And the guy was just like, You see, I got the whistle. You know, <laughs> I whistle, God shows up. Henry, but I got let little whistle.
3: Let me tell you a little thing about a spank bank. <laughs> <laughs> so when you tell me your sexual fantasies. Oh, I, oh, put I that, get it.
4: You're investing in my spank I bank.
1: I get that. Yes. yes. Why are you just saying that?
4: No problem. I get now that you were making a joke. I thought for a second there that the whistle was something that priests actually have. That's no. how little I know about Catholicism. God. I thought that's how they control children. No, we got the no bell. Whistles. They got that
1: they, they hide the bell to make you think that they you're actually like transmuting the fucking the the Eucharistic to, to human flesh and mm-hmm. shit. It's all smoke and mirrors. Well there's one cool
3: thing about the Catholic Church, though, you know, the big old table that they got there, every church, it does have a saint's bone in it. Yeah. Which yeah, is true.
4: is kinda of cool. Well, guilt's included but we're not limited to talking too quietly or too loudly, okay. talking too much or not enough, talking about anything not related to a law school. And
1: we're going to be in trouble for that already. What? <laughs> what are How
4: are you? Is, am I too loud? <laughs> it's It how is do about, you It's it. just checking you. Yeah, it's just checking you, man. Uh, you could get a guilt for looking at someone of the opposite sex, avoiding looking at someone of the opposite sex, looking outside, looking at the floor, having negative body language, being sideways, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, what does that mean? It's, I, I don't, don't know. going
1: like, you can't see it on the show, but it's, it's side eyes.
4: Side eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Snarkiness. Uh,
4: snarky. You don't want to be yeah. snarky. Aubrey
1: Plaza would do very poorly. Oh, yeah, you know? that's <laughs>
4: right. That's her character. You could get guilt for not falling asleep, sleeping too long, laughing at jokes, eating too much or not enough, rolling your eyes, swearing without permission, making any physical contact, couldn't even shake hands, or if you voiced or showed any dissent and we like to announce our valedictorian of 2023 ben shapiro uh, <laughs> he
3: actually just absolutely nailed it
1: i the only time i want a woman to be wet is when the tears are coming down her face
4: <laughs> that's a fun ben shapiro joke that about an old meme it know. is funny well, the amount of impossible-to-follow rules at Elon school guaranteed that a teen would break a rule and break it often. Yeah,
3: because they're abstract rules. They're yes. not even
4: fucking real tangible
1: rules. They are done to be, bro. They are done to make you get punished.
4: Yeah, and it always brought severe punishment.
1: And the kids all would then they would chattel on each other throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. So you put in, like, little, like, saying, like, I saw Jeremy, like, look at this girl. And the idea is that, because <sighs> we'll get to general
4: meeting! Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Usually, a guilt would be reported by expediters, other students who acted as guards. And once it was reported, the staff would decide what to do. Punishments were called learning experiences, oh. or LEs. And the goal of almost every LE was was public humiliation.
3: General fucking meeting! No! Yeah. This is like when I had to push the basketball with my nose across the court on
1: all my hands and knees. I was actually really expecting a lot more traumatic stories from you.
3: Yeah. Uh, you want? No, actually, let's wait. That's you a, want? No, let's, uh not. Hey,
1: uh, I saw the vault. Like, I saw the back of your eyeballs look through the vault. <laughs> actually, let's, let's hold. So we have two more episodes of this. Yeah, great.
4: <laughs> well, at the lowest level, possibly for something small like looking outside, Groups of four students called dealing crews would scream insults and slurs at the offender for extended periods of time, which was the only time students were allowed to swear during those insults. They yeah. needed to, because
3: they
1: general meetings. You were supposed to rip somebody to fucking shreds.
3: And now we'll like to enter tonight's entertainment. Jeff Ross, he's here to <laughs> roast you. <ya>. Funny stuff. <laughs>
1: I don't think you would like this. No.
3: no, I don't think so. This isn't really roasting because you're supposed to roast with love. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: No, this is uh, this is uncorked roasting. Yeah, oh, this uncorked.
1: is roasting is even difficult. you're talking about joke structure.
4: Yeah, it's yeah. just yelling. <laughs> it's at just somebody. screaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no yeah. structure. Yeah. But for other relatively small infractions, like smiling without permission, a student would be given what was called shot down duty, which was menial labor like scrubbing trash cans or cleaning bathrooms with a toothbrush. Sometimes you clean the toilet with your bare hands. That's oh, yeah. fantastic.
3: Well, I can go. Well, Anyway, we've all done that before. I, he done.
1: skipped the part where he said what it is that he did. <laughs> I just so I don't want yeah, no, to, I, I,
4: well,
3: yeah, yeah, to, to know. Again, we don't have to know
4: in a more bizarre tactic students were given costumes or signs to wear depending on the infraction if a student acted immature they would be forced to wear diapers over their clothes put pacifiers in their mouths and hold rattles and sometimes they wear a sign that says i'm a big baby okay it's kind
3: of like the hazing from uh that one that one fantastic movie dazed and confused no Mm. it is
1: a little bit of that it's also just a way to debase someone completely yes because in dazed and confused
4: that's like 30
1: minutes, maybe.
3: Yeah, no, and 20. they're free afterwards and they're yeah. really accepted and then they get to go to the big kegger afterwards. And I did yeah. do a thing party. in uh, in Sunday school
1: yeah. where I had uh, I got to stand on my knees and hold two books in my hands. Sure, you do yeah, that like, thing? like
3: Justice, like Lady Justice. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or like mm. Jesus Christ. Just like him. Mm. Just like Jesus. Yeah, with the mouth open for sucking.
4: Well, <laughs> 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 if a kid even considered escaping, they'd be labeled as a split risk. And they were given shoes without laces and were forced to wear bright yellow shirts and tiny pink shorts. Very Joe Arpaio of them. Yes. And if they were still considered a risk or they tried escaping anyway, their legs would be shackled. They'd be forced to wear a pink bunny suit and they were denied shoes. Jesus. I mean, and again,
1: they're all laughing at it. Right? The kids Weeks are laughing at, at it. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 very just because the shutdown also would mean that you'd go from strength to non-strength.
3: And it's also, it is juvenile Sounding, but mm-hmm. it's just so deeply dramatized. That is the the crux of it, and the kids don't actually fully know how fucked they're getting.
4: Yeah, I yeah.
1: agree. I think that is exactly what happened.
4: Well, it's because it, it's encouraged of like, oh, it's, it's your turn now. You know, yes. I, now I get to heap abuse on you because you heaped abuse on, abuse on me last now time. Now I right. get to do it. It's yeah. called marriage. It's,
1: it's, <laughs> well, it's technically what's like fucked up is that it's their view of what life is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's their view of what they think every, right. and that it's a transactional punishment system. And that's all being an adult is, is you go to work. You come home, you hit, you're white. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you (laughs) did.
4: Well, girls who were thought to engage in any sort of sexual activity were first to wear signs that said, ask me why I'm a slut, while others would wear signs that said, help, I'm an emotionally crippled monster. (laughs) 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 t-shirt time. We got (laughs) to make that fucking t-shirt That's merch. Help, I am an emotionally crippled monster. Period. Help, yeah, exclamation point. Crippled monster. Period. They didn't
3: trademark
1: it. Let's, uh.
4: No, yeah, it's all time. Our, that'll
3: be our next uh, shirt that we donate to charity.
4: I literally, yeah, we'll, well sell
1: that shirt for, and give it to the kids.
4: Yes. Yeah, the kids. But if the psychological humiliations didn't work, staff would move on to the physical. Students who acted crazy were put in straitjackets for days, weeks, or months at a time. Then they were locked in a small room called the corner.
1: All of them said that they would prefer the physical abuse to the corner. Yeah, oh, every man. silk, every kid that's in these interviews. Yeah. yeah.
4: And Elan School wasn't the only place to use forced isolation. Wasp was even worse. They had the box. That was a three by three foot structure made of plywood built again on a concrete floor. Oh, my God. Masturbation three days in the box. Just fucking automatically.
1: just let me in there for a month. I'll just keep jerking
3: off. <laughs>
4: yeah, like like Randy from South Park when yeah. he finally got to come after they lost internet. Yeah. And sometimes students would spend weeks in the box and they were only let out for showers and bathroom breaks at staff discretion. This is fucking, this is Iraqi shit. To yeah.
3: be fair, you don't need a bathroom break. You don't need a shower. You do need a bathroom break. It doesn't I mean, matter if you stink in there, I guess. You at know. some
1: point, you're, oh, it depends on what level you're doing. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But if you, you do fight as much as possible against the system, you could just pee your own pants, but mm. then they
4: they do punish you for That's that. horrible. Yeah. But at a school, once you were in the corner, you'd have to sit up straight and face a wall constantly or you were beaten. You'd also be given a toilet bucket that you sort of had to figure out for yourself because straight jacket. Uh, yeah. But sometimes they just dump it on your head for Really no reason. Oh, no yes, that was a big
1: thing that they did there.
4: Yeah. Now, dumping disgusting things over people's heads. This was a common tactic at a lawn school. So much so that they even had a name for their special slurry. They called it electric sauce Yeah, that man. is
3: so fucking gross if you are busted for singing, swimming in a porta potty at the next lollapalooza you can get some sympathy by just saying yes. i was actually at an law school <laughs> yeah. this is the only
1: way i learned how to have pleasure <laughs> that's, that's and I then it out. will be flipped for you mm-hmm. um, but wow that's really bad but yeah. It's also why guy fieri had to change it to donkey sauce <laughs> Because he said that the donkeys, he said donkey sauce sounded more palatable.
4: <laughs> it is more palatable, and it's giant food. That's right. Electric sauce was a mixture of garbage, ketchup, mustard, cigarette butts, Jesus. and sometimes human feces if they're feeling froggy. Just sometimes. Just sometimes. And that slop would be poured over the offending student's head as punishment for whatever. I actually think it's worse that the human feces is only sometimes. Why? Because you never know. You never if you, know. If you come to expect the human feces every time. You
1: can build up yeah. an expectancy to anything.
3: <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe that's something they can debate at their next big meeting. <laughs>
4: Perhaps. Should it's we over- always have it? The Elon yeah. schools yeah.
1: are thankfully yeah. Yeah. Thank God.
4: Well, sometimes students would be handcuffed to tables or their own ankles for days, and spanking with ping pong paddles were common. All of this, of course, encouraged rampant sexual abuse at Alon School for both pleasure on the part of the perpetrators and punishment for the students. Yeah. One staff member defended the molestation of a girl by calling it love therapy, while other girls were locked in rooms with boys who had histories of rape, sometimes for weeks at a time. But at the end of it, the punishment at a lawn school that's probably the most well-known is The Ring. Yeah, this is for la- like, was it the last
1: means, last, yeah. the, last the, the last chapter.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they have these kind of um,
4: ambi- uh, ambiguous names. Well, yeah.
1: that's how they do it. It's, all, it's all cult mentality shit.
4: Yeah. Used as both a means of entertainment and punishment, The Ring featured one student as the star of the show. If a student committed a big enough guilt, He'd be pushed into a boxing ring, given gloves and a mouth guard, and dubbed the bully. While the entire student body hurled abuse at the bully, the kid was forced to fight a never-ending stream of opponents with no rest.
1: Yeah, you just have to keep going, and they just send in fresh guys, and send in, they would start with the big kids, and they just keep sending in people, because according to the founder of Elon School, he was like, the bully can never win.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, and this was naturally too much for any teenager to physically handle. And before long, they'd be beaten and bloody, usually collapsed in the ring from exhaustion. At yeah. that point, students would sometimes prop up the bully while the beatings continued, all while the rest of the student body cheered on the process. Basically, because it wasn't them. Yeah, right. it wasn't them that time. Yep. Now, the ring was well known to Maine state investigators for years, but they actually defended the use of the ring by saying that was only used when the offending student committed repeated acts of violence Mm. and the bouts were supposedly evenly matched. But
1: it also kind of feels like, why didn't you, uh call the police then yeah you know what I mean like what, instead of you just you bunch of random people well, like, they're a truly violent and scary person
4: yeah but it seems like one of those things where, like we take care of our own yeah you know and they right. get and they actually get respected for taking care of their own and not yeah. involving not using social services not using their taxes right. yeah because then they'd have
1: to do their jobs yeah and right. that's
4: a fucking that sucks I yeah.
1: The ring. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go down that road? They're <laughs> gonna <laughs> pour poo poo on your head on that yeah, road. might as well say Because
2: yeah. sometimes
1: that is better.
4: Yes. <laughs> well, that even matching in the ring. That did not seem to be the case for 15 year old Phil Williams, oh. who died in the ring in 1982. Now, Phil suffered chronic migraines, but when he complained of headaches at the Elan school, he was put into the ring because complaining was a guilt. Well, they also said that he was faking it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, that's everything is faking it. Nobody ever has any actual right. real medical problems. It's always fake. You're
1: just trying to get out.
4: Yeah. Well, Phil lasted through the constant barrage of punches from rage-filled teenagers for 10 minutes, refusing to fight back the whole time. But after three rounds, he collapsed, vomited, turned blue, and died. Oh, my God. Now, his family was told that he died from a brain aneurysm re- unrelated to the ring. But a student later got a hold of the family and told him what really happened. But since the main medical examiner's office did no autopsy, did put it down as natural causes, uh-huh. nothing to be done. Well, because wow. it was the word of the students versus the word of the staff. Again, the main medical examiner has got, like, he's got
1: to deal with, like... A dude got his arm bit off by a phantom clown.
4: Oh, that was
3: horrible. He's got like that was fucking yeah.
1: terrifying. And yeah. it turned out and then all these kids went up to the ham man. on their little girlfriend. And the his, of that his, story. his face got ripped off like- by sap. Yeah, that was <laughs> crazy. By a tree. You gotta get, be careful. Yeah,
3: what else do they have to do in this town other than
4: look into this? Just,
1: they all have to defend themselves <laughs> from the imagination of Stephen King at all times. <laughs>
4: Incredibly, the ring was still used for another 20 years. But presumably after the death of Phil Williams, a lawn school changed what happened if a student refused to fight back. Instead of beating them until they died, the staff would call what was known as a general meeting, dreaded by every student at a lawn school Uh-oh. as the worst of the psychological punishments.
3: General fucking
4: meeting! I don't want to go. In a general meeting, which could be ring-related or not, the entire student body would convene in a dining room after a staff member screamed, General meeting! Once all 150 or so students were there, a broomstick was placed on the floor in front of the student who had committed the guilt that resulted in the general meeting, and all the other students stood on the other side. The staff would then order the students to, quote, get your feelings off, and a session of screaming insults would begin that lasted between 40 minutes and two hours. See, they don't understand is that you could get
1: all of this out if you just get yourself a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can yell and scream. I'm a professional yeller. Yeah. I don't think they had yeah. that yet, though. No. Well, they had radio.
3: Yeah. Yes. But that took a lot. I yeah, mean, technically, I had to entry. go to college for that. Yeah. 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 No, I think they did a,
4: nothing. It's really kind of victim blaming, isn't it? Henry? No, what I am, am like- not
1: saying <laughs> I am being a
4: fun person. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Every student would either take turns or all at once scream abuse at the guilty student, saying whatever they wanted, however they wanted, no matter how cruel the statement. It needed and in fact, to the cruelty be cruel. Was the point? Yeah, yeah it right. needed to be cruel. This was an attempt to thoroughly, mentally, and emotionally break the teenager. And while it might sound rare, general meetings were called multiple times a day, all wow. day
1: long the chaos and like i guess that's also like what made the elon schools that much more notorious than the other ones is just the general sense of total chaos that the environment was because it was these things were all popping off around you all day long you never knew where you stood every where you went you had eyes on your back you were and we were all again you were all hanging yourselves by the same news and it
4: happened
3: so fast you
1: can't even think
4: yeah and in addition to that, it's, there's a surreal nature to it because you look and you see a guy dressed as a gigantic baby. You see a girl wearing a pink bunny suit with her leg shackled. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. It's what the CIA did
1: during the satanic well, panic that, dressing everybody up as the Illuminati and shit. You got a guy with a Bill Clinton mask on <laughs> doing a bunch of weird shit just to make you sound fucking crazy.
3: No, that was Bill Clinton himself. Yeah. But this is the interesting thing because it makes you sound crazy when you get out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a baby over oh, there. Okay, thanks for coming back on Donahue. Mm-hmm. Another fantastic
4: episode well on a smaller scale students would also scream at each other during encounter groups where the offender would sit in a circle while their peers shouted the worst things they could think of
1: do you think that little people ku klux klan members I was just thinking of what we were saying do you think mm-hmm. little people ku klux klan members do you think they have to make the shit like custom or do you think they buy they buy hoods for kids this is just a
3: random thought that you had um i think <laughs> that they would have to make it custom
1: i think all
4: kkk gear is custom it is you mean they have a tailor it's like a mob no i think their wives do it for them wow yeah Yeah. interesting yeah sexist maybe maybe there's
3: like terry who's just like he's a little different but he makes their
4: costumes yeah Yeah. no one judges because it's like i put a little extra
1: wizard on yours (laughs) and they're like thank you terry yeah (laughs) i won't beat you to death today
4: oh but the thing about all this to remember is that everything from the electric sauce to the corner to the spankings to the mass beatings to the psychological abuse, it was all not only perfectly legal, but investigated and approved. They
1: loved it! By wow. the state of
4: Maine. Maine investigated Elon School 11 times after allegations of abuse, but they filed no criminal charges against the school. Well, they also did clean up. Mm-hmm. In fact, Maine Governor right. James Longley pointed to the fact that physicians and officials were still referring students to a lawn school as proof that nothing harmful or abusive ever happened
3: there. There you go, it's proof. Yeah. It's because it's systemic beatings. Yeah. It's proof. <laughs>
4: it's also,
1: again, when they showed up there weren't any beatings. Right? Yeah. When they showed up they're right. all like, we love it here. And they'd have like two kids doing jump rope in the front. Do, like, it, it, they would make they it. They faked it,
4: yeah. of course. Well, not that much. They still knew about the ring. They still showed them the ring. Yeah, this is where we put kids and we beat the shit out of they them.
1: They just wish they
4: could do it to their own aids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, similarly, when the media covered a lawn School, whether it be 60 Minutes or Sally Jesse Raphael, they fawned over it as a positive example of radical therapy that was going to save our troubled teens, who were, of course, far more dangerous and rebellious than any generation who had come before. 60 Minutes, also a total fucking lie. It's 36 Minutes.
1: 36 (laughs) Minutes with commercials. I also want to say to our, maybe some of our younger listeners, that's why, like, you know, in a way, you are like, at least you didn't grow up in this yeah well
4: like, they i mean they got I, different it's a whole shit another thing yeah yeah well i mean the thing is too is like with the media the 60 minute there was a, a 60 minute segment on the founder of a lawn school and they fully showed the kids screaming they showed yeah. them they showed they how fucking it. brutal it can be and they're like jesus it's radical but it works it doesn't no no but the thing about all these troubled teen schools and institutions is that they were usually created by a singular person two at most and many of the tactics were learned from unlikely places, especially concerning a lawn school and especially concerning the general meetings. There was a singular source of inspiration. That source was a drug rehabilitation program turned cult called Synanon, oh. which is the story we'll tell on the next episode of our series on the troubled teen industry. Yeah, Ooh. dude. All right. I want, shit. I want them
1: to release the kids.
4: Yeah, release the kids. Man, release honestly, the like kids. let the kids do whatever the hell it is they want, right? Well, I mean, just don't send them to the highly abusive school where uh, they're, you know, fucking shattered emotionally. Is it basically. so
1: wrong for kids to have a couple of ciggies and drink some malt <laughs> liquor and do some like fucking, like a little bit of like Cherry a you know, fish tails?
4: Yeah. And stuff, you know, I <laughs> mean, like no, it, that was, it, it that that was my not. child. That was my teenage years. Yeah, is it
1: that wrong? Yeah. No, it's not. It's
4: Marlboro Reds. I mean, it's called adolescence. And
1: you learn. You you get a big cigarette for the first time. You choke and you, you choke up a bunch of blood and shit. And yeah. then you know oh, yeah. that I love to smoke now. Yeah, right. And then you do. <laughs> That for like 15, 20 years. Oh, yeah. Right? And then Mickey's you're just Big, fucking all fucked
4: up. Mickey's Big Mouths. They still sell Red Dog beer? Uh, I don't know about Red Dog. Coors I do Dry. remember it
1: came
3: in the 30s. No, Coors Dry, I man, think, has just turned into something else. Bartles
1: and James, huh? <laughs> Bartles <laughs> and James. That was the shit that we liked, man. I like, man. Like a sweet. Keystone, Natural Lights,
4: mm-hmm. uh, all Boone's the real
1: ch- shit. Boone's, Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm is still around. What was for that sure. wine that had flavor in minute. Mad
3: Dog 2020. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? A- Thunderbolt.
1: Something Night like train. There do was no, none. there was one that was more like a lady. It was like it was shop to ladies. It was called like Palisades or something.
3: <laughs> something like that. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Let the kids have a couple of drinks. Look like in, in Europe, they do it you all don't the time. Let the, only, them. The, only the kids
3: have to... have to have it themselves. They have to figure out how to get it done and not get caught. Makes them smart. Absolutely. So. Alright everyone Well thank you so much For listening It's educational And I love this series I was like Why are we covering this It sounds very serious But uh, it is important I think
1: we nailed it
3: <laughs> Oh yes we did And you didn't Fucking beat me down You didn't beat me Fucking down you no, see
1: You're strong You're strong You're holding them Vault doors together
3: Absolutely mm-hmm. um, Alright do we have Anything to say To anybody Release the butthole tour Release
1: the butthole cut tour Is coming to a city Near you If you are on the West Coast and in Los Angeles or the other city or San Francisco Francisco. then it is coming to you. We're going to probably be there.
3: I can't wait, and of course, I'm San Francisco, go, uh, I've for, seen it, and they have released The Butthole. There is a lot of human shit there. Oh, yeah. there really is, but
1: in L.A., uh, we might make a little bit of an appearance. Come and, check, uh, come yes, and see yes. the uh, Bourbon Room. The, see there, they, they put it together. It's a thick-ass show.
3: It's fantastic. And it's great. Um, anything
4: else? I think that's all we got. Uh, last comic right.
1: book on the left. We know the volume two, due to supply issues, it was pushed, but Supplier it is chance. coming out in February. Yes. Yep. Um. So it is, It is. Uh, we, we we know... We've heard, we've, we've heard. heard, listened, learned, grown, shown progress, moving forward. Alright, Henry, get in the ring. Oh no! <laughs> no. Beat me, boys. Uh, Alright, come me. on. Flip it and reverse it. All the hell out of me. Yeah, harder, you bitch.
3: it and reverse it. Alright, motherfucker. Bob Guccione Jr. I uh, you know I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> him. Apparently Axel was kind of, Axel was kind of a tough dude in real life. No, I bet. Look yeah, at yeah,
4: the if you have t- I don't know, not dance, not to be he, all pop culturey here talking and, about Guns N' Roses. <laughs> hey Lafayette, Indiana, man, you don't come from those mean streets unscathed. Yeah. Absolutely. Doja
1: cat's not a cat at all.
3: No, she's <laughs> not. Uh, apparently, kind of eating feces there. But anyway, uh, thanks for supporting all the shows here on the network. And uh, hail yourself,
1: hail Satan. Yogi, eating feces. Uh, Doji cats, eat something poop. about she it. Ate I ate some poop. She ate some poop on want purpose. It. I don't know about. I don't know. It. Something with the kids and TikTok or it's some kind of eating poop challenge that the kids. do. That's
3: the only pop. Reference and we don't know it.
1: What kind of poop? We don't want to talk. Cat poop? It might be hers. (laughs) (laughs) If it's hers, it's cat poop. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: This is a message for anyone with high LDL-C or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is
3: C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.